I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead and joining me, friend of the pod, returning guest, it's Mike Frailer. He's at Forgotten Mavs on Twitter. That's probably how you know him. What you got for me, Mike? Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me on to, uh, tonight. I was about to say today, but uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. Time to, is relative. To, yeah, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you and talk a little uh, what if Mavs scenarios uh, should Heck be fun. Yeah. Heck yeah. You guys probably know Mike from uh, at Forgotten Mavs on Twitter. His podcast used to be Forgotten Mavs. Now it is Mavs Archives with the uh, Dallas Mavericks Podcast Network. He talks to a bunch of um, former Mavericks and some current Mavericks. He just talked to Jason Terry recently. That was a really good one, so go check that out. Um, but we are talking today about 2003. We're going all the way back. I mean, 17 <laughs> years ago now, which is just <laughs> some, some of you listening weren't even born when this series happened, which is awesome. So we are going to talk about Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavericks going into the 2003, um, going into the uh, the conference finals. It was the the third conference, no, the second conference final, no, the first conference finals Dirk ever made. His, yeah. his third one ever. Now seeing the rest of his career, but um, they ended up losing in six games. Dirk got injured. In, uh, in one of the games. So we'll talk about all that. It's a huge what if. So we decided to use this as a what if. Uh, but Mike, let's start with um, this team. So the makeup of this team, who this team was. This was, uh, again, the 2002-2003 season. This was Dirk in his fourth year. He's 24 years old. Steve Nash in his sixth year. He's 28. Uh, and it was basically year four of Dirk and Nash. What do you remember about Dirk and Nash like leading up to this year and then into this year? Oh, um. 2003 was awesome. Um, so, you know, obviously they made some noise in 2001, won their first playoff series, which was really special. Dirk and Nash and Finley all had really bright moments during that playoff run. 2002, you know, eh, more or less met expectations. They improved. They won another playoff series, but they lost to Sacramento in the second round. But they definitely took a step in the right direction. 2003 was awesome. They started off the season 14 and 0. Um, I don't remember. I don't think they even lost a home game till maybe sometime in Dece- late December of that year. Um, and you know they really, they really took a leap. They won a game or two off the Lakers. You know, which were the three-time champions. They um, had some really great battles with the Kings and then the Spurs, obviously. Um, it was their first – they had a – the previous year they made that trade to acquire Rafe and Ben Exel, but this was their first year of having like a training camp with them. And they just – they really gelled um, seamlessly, you know, and they, they were just so much fun to watch. Um, they picked up some great veterans like Walt Williams who ended up playing a big role in the playoffs for them. It was just – it was a fun Mavs year, probably one of the – my top three Mavs teams, favorite Mavs teams of all time. And um, they're still a led. I think that the 2003 year I've been on the last few NBA two K's, which has been fun playing with the 2003 Mavs. So it was just, I, I, you know, I remember Dirk and Nash and Finley just blossoming and all becoming all stars. Well, I guess Finley wasn't at that point, but he had been previously, but it was just, it was so much fun. And you really, um, 
sorry, sorry, my throat. Yeah, uh, you really uh, just got excited in general to to go to games and to watch the Mavs, and you expected them to win, like every game. You went into it watching Mavs game, and you expected them to win. That's what I remember. Yeah, there's like this this plateau with Dirk's career as far as uh, regular season success and then even kind of playoff success really where it's, you know, it started ramping up and this was sort of the the first peak, right? If, if you're on a plateau, you start ramping up and then you get to the peak and then it just kind of stays consistent at the top. They win, you know, the 60 games again, they win 58 games one year, 67 wins obviously in 07. Uh, and then you kind of continue on until they win the title in, in 2011. And that's sort of the end of that plateau. But this was sort of the the, the first peak of this plateau. They mm-hmm. won 60 games. They had won 57 in 0102, like you were saying. 53 the year before that. 40 in 1999-2000. <laughs> the year before that, the 1998-99 season, 19 games. Uh, but they, that was a shortened lockout season. But yeah. it was still a really rough year for them. And then 20 games in an 82 game season the year before that, which was just awful. <laughs> so they were, they were a terrible team. And all of a sudden they ramped up real fast to get to be, you know, the 60 win team. They were tied with San Antonio for the best record in the league. Uh, and like you said, this team had Ray friends, Nick Van Exel, who are both pretty much in their prime. Uh, Michael Finley, obviously 29 years old, right in the middle of his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, Raja Bell, who was, who was a younger guy, 26 years old on this team. I think it was his second year in the league. Uh, Eduardo Nahara, 26 years old, Sean Bradley, Walt Williams, like you said, Walt Williams, really the, the oldest guy in the rotation. He was 32. <laughs> like this was a really, young, this is a really they young very, team. It was a really young team. Uh, I've then, got my, my next episode is with Nahara. Actually, I recorded with nice. him last week. So that'll be a fun one when I get that online. Yeah. And then Avery Johnson is a player on this team. So that kind of puts, yes, it, puts it in perspective where they are in the timeline. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Don Nelson. So Donnie Nelson's father is the coach and the GM or the you know president of basketball operation, whatever you want to call him at mm-hmm. the time uh, of this team. And so he was, he was at the reins and this team had the best offense in the ninth ranked defense in the entire league. Like I said, they were tied for the best record in the league. Like this was a, this team was a real juggernaut. They were the third highest favorites to win the title in the preseason after the Lakers who had just three-peated, like you said, it was the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. And then the Kings were second uh, in title odds. And then it was the Mavericks. They were even above the Spurs, which was uh, pretty wild. Like this team had some pretty big expectations going into the season. Oh, they absolutely did. Um, and they, I alluded to it earlier, they met those expectations right off the bat. They started off 14-0. and I remember Dirk Nash and Finley were named the Western Conference Players of the Month in November of 2002. So that was kind of cool. Like they, they, you know, they just uh, got hot right off the bat. And so expectations were high. You know, they tied for the league's best record. So heading into that 03 playoff run, you know, it really was an exciting time. To, to be a Mavs fan and you expected them to um, get past at least the second round and go to the Western Conference Finals and see what would happen there. So it was definitely fans were expecting a, a long playoff run and they were treated to that for sure. Yeah. And seeing, seeing a team with, you know, Dirk finally sort of getting to, you know, the peak of his powers at, at, at this point in his career, seeing him, you know, run like the 60 win team, uh, man, that must have been just, just so awesome just to see him go from, uh, you know, the rookie that kind of was subpar, not really good. And then all of a sudden now he's like, he's 24 years old and he's already mm-hmm. like, leading this team into, you know, the best record in the NBA. I mean, this is, if we think about it, it's like, you know, if Porzingis came in and now, you know, the first year was kind of rocky and then all of a sudden he's 
just like an incredible player and leading the team. Like if the Mavericks have the best record in, you know, next year or the year before or the year after that, it just all the success happened so fast for them. The way Don Nelson crafted this team too, just looking at it. I mean, Nash and Nowitzki and then Finley and then Van Exel off the bench. And a lot of times the, this team would play Van Exel and Nash together. Like this team was way yeah. ahead of its time back then. Oh, yes, they were. Um, you know, they, they played small ball. They shot a lot of threes. Um, I was actually surprised to hear you say that they were, I think, the ninth-ranked defense. I wouldn't have guessed yeah, the, I was like, surprised the peak of the Don Nelson that. era um, to be in the top third defense, which is pretty impressive, actually, when you think about it. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, they, they were ahead of their time. Um, Anytime they met up with the Kings, it was just like, let's just shoot a bunch of threes and whoever <laughs> whoever has the ball last is probably going to win because they're going to score the last basket. So it was uh, a special time and, uh, you know, they, they were ahead of their time and it was just, it was so much fun to watch. Uh, I also think that that 02-03, like that 01-02 and 02-03 seasons were probably Dirk's peak athletically, in my opinion. So, yeah. you know, he... <laughs> you never saw a seven footer move like that. And, um, a lot of younger Mavs fans really just don't appreciate how athletic he was, um, in his, in his prime. So, or in his younger days, I should say a little bit before his prime. So it was just so much fun and he was unique and, uh, you know, just watching him grab a rebound, go coast to coast, pull up on threes. So he would have games of 30 points, 15, 18 rebounds, regularly so he was just a beast back then so that 03 season was really really special yeah this is an absolute special season we'll talk about going into the playoffs how they made it to the conference finals they actually played two seven game series in the first two rounds we'll talk about (laughs) that coming up uh, and let's get into that when we come back all right mike so we mentioned that the mavericks had the best record in the nba tied with the spurs they actually got the two seed because of the uh, tie, something with a tiebreaker, which must have gone down to whatever the next criteria was because the Mavericks were tied 2-2 two to two with the Spurs that year. So it must have been like point differential or something dumb like that uh, that it went, <laughs> it went down to. I think to. it's you, division record, but I don't know for sure. I, which maybe, is funny because they're yeah. in the same division. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it's something like that. So the Mavericks play the, the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. It's a seven-game series, which is kind of surprising. But this was a very famous Blazers team. This is the Jail Blazers team, mm-hmm. right, with Rasheed Wallace, Zach Randolph, which, by the way, what an odd pairing, the two of those guys. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine those two guys playing today? It would just be so odd to see both those guys. Rasheed Wallace, like a jump-shooting, you know, you know, power forward big man. And then Zach Randolph, obviously, we know his game. Uh, Bonzi Wells, Damon Stoudemire, Dale Davis, really old Scotty Pippen. I think he's like 37 mm. and we already, yeah. we already saw at the end of last dance, he was already breaking down. So he was <laughs> yeah. not playing a ton in this and then really old Arvina Sabonis on this team too, that I didn't realize. Yeah, that was Arvidas's last year in the NBA. Um, that was a, a really good Blazers team. Really, really talented. Just could never, after they faltered in 2000, you know, they'd never really got fully back on track, but it doesn't mean they were, weren't good. Like well, the Blazers they in uh, other ways too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they were, they were a dangerous team. You know, if they had their heads on right and they were clicking, you know, the, the Blazers were, um, 
you know, not someone to look past. And I think the Mavs maybe did that a little bit because they went up 3-0, but then the Blazers won three straight and forced the game, <laughs> game seven in Dallas. And the Mavs almost became the um, the first team to blow a 3-0 lead. I think the Blazers had a six to eight point lead in the fourth quarter of game seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I in front so, of me, but... Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Um, yeah, that was a crazy series um you know i fully expected a sweep or maybe a a five game series at most but when it went to seven um got a little nervous uh yeah so that was a a crazy time you imagine if dirk lost in the first round like that twice in his career like oh seven and this uh man that would be rough that'd be so rough for dirk's career but they end up pulling this series out the semifinals they played that sacramento kings team that you mentioned this was you know maybe the, by far like one of the most fun Kings teams. Uh, if you look back, if you go, if you go read Kings blogs, or if you listen to any Kings podcast, like locked on Kings, um, this is a team that they talk about a lot as a big, what if too, because, uh, this team, Chris Weber, this team had Peja, this team had, um, Vlade, uh, but Chris Weber tears his ACL in game two in uh, towards the end of the, the third quarter, uh, the mm-hmm. Mavericks were already up in this game, but um, Sacramento had one game one. Chris Webber tears his ACL when, when they, they were down. And then Sacramento still took game four and six without Chris Webber against the Mavs, and the Mavs go on to win in seven games. Yeah, that was uh, an interesting series. Uh, the Kings won game one handedly. Like, it wasn't yeah. close. Um, game two, I, I, I remember Ben Exel got really hot and there was, they scored like 80 something in the first half. The Mavs did. So that's probably what held on to win that game. If Weber hadn't gone down just because of how hot their shooting was, but the rest of that series, you know, when Weber goes down, it was, I thought I was like, okay, it's a wrap. Like Mavs are going to win this series, which ultimately they did, but the Kings did not make it easy on them. I mean, game three went to double overtime. Mavs won. That was the game Ben X will score 40 points, right? That double. Yeah. That was on NBA TV the other day. I was watching. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Um, Walt Williams had a huge game that game too. Um, Game four was the very next night on a back-to-back. Which is insane to think about now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kings won that game. Um, I know the Mavs won game five. I have no memory of it. I, I know <laughs> yeah, 112 93 Nash had 15 Dirk had or Nash had 25 Dirk had 15 boards. And then the Kings won game six back at Arco and then game seven, you know, the Mavs pulled out, but the Kings, you know, they, they adapted their game and they almost, def- uh, knocked the Mavs out of the playoffs without their best player. So that was a really interesting season. And it kind of got me questioning at the time, like, I don't know how the Mavs are going to deal with San Antonio if they're struggling with, uh, with a Weberless Kings team. Um, So it was was really interesting. To be fair, this was a really stacked Kings team. Like this was a really, really good Kings team. This had, they had Vladi Divac, like I said, Peja Stoyakovic, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, and then off the bench, Hito Turkaloo, Bobby Jackson, Jim Jackson, who had 24 points off the bench in game seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Really young Gerald Wallace on this team that didn't really play that much. But Chris Chris Weber, we have to remind people, he was incredible. Like he was such an, he was way <laughs> above his time too. He would be 
such a great player in today's NBA. He was a really good passer. He was really athletic too. He's probably up there with Dirk as one of the most athletic fours like at the time. Um, but he could just do so many different things and he gets a bad rap in his career because of, you know, the stuff at Michigan with the timeout mm-hmm. and he never really went on to win, but he tears his ACL on this. And without that, they, they might win this series and go on to face the Spurs themselves. They won 59 games in the regular season. They were a really good team. They really were. Um, and I'm of the belief that if Weber did play, they would have beaten the Mavs. And the reason I say that is because if you look at the, the 2003 regular season, the Kings won three out of four. Um, a lot of the games were very close, but I just, I think the Kings had like a mental edge on the Mavs. Like the Mavs couldn't ever figure out a way to close it out. Even if they had like a fourth quarter lead, they just couldn't get the job done. Um, they gave up two, I remember game-winning putbacks to Keon Clark in the American Airlines Center that season. Um, the Mavs did one win game in Sacramento. But then if you look at the even the season prior to that and the season after it, so that seven-game series is in between two other Mavs-Kings playoff series where the Kings won in five games. And even the last one, Weber was there, but you know he was basically dragging a leg at, at that point. But even <laughs> with like a, a very... Um, diminished Chris Webber, they still took care of the Mavs in five games. So I just, it would like it. I just don't see the Mavs figuring out a way to beat a Webber Kings team four times. I realistically, I just don't see it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, this Kings team was also, this was kind of more of a veteran team. Chris Webber was yeah. 29 that year. He's in his pretty much his prime. Pedro mm-hmm. was 25. Doug Christie was 32. Bibby was the youngest. He was 24. Vlade was 34. Like he was getting towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- like that team was just, they had been through a little bit more. They had, Oh yeah. They um, had more experience. Yeah. They had more experience in this Mavs team and the Mavs, you know, kind of get away with it with Chris Webber's injury. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. though, the Kings still took game four and six in the series in 03 um, without Chris Weber, which is kind of wild. But the Mavs end up winning. We'll take it. Mm-hmm. You take a win however yes. you can get it. You yes. move on uh, and you go play the Spurs. And the Mavericks and the Spurs, again, like I said, they're tied for the best record in the league that year. Uh, the Mavericks were two and two against the Spurs during the season. They lost in December that year, uh, 104 to 111. That was without Dirk. And then they won the next game in February. They lost in overtime in March, and then they won again in April. So basically, they lost one overtime game without Dirk, and then or they lost one game without Dirk, lost an overtime game, and then won the two other games. And their two losses were by nine points total. Their two wins were by 29 points total. So the Mavs <laughs> kind of had the edge in the regular season, but this Spurs team, I mean, this is, this is, <laughs> this is an incredible team. This is such a stacked team. Uh, Tim Duncan, year five, he's 26 years old, and he is an absolute monster in this series. We'll talk about him coming up, but he was incredible. Tony Parker, Manu, uh, Steven Jackson, Bruce Bowen. We'll talk about all that coming up. All right, Mike, let's talk about this Spurs team because um, they were – this is a really stacked team. This is really young Tony Parker. This is second year Tony Parker. He's 20 years old. Manage Nobly's in his rookie year, but he was 25 already. He had already gotten some experience playing overseas. Uh, Steven Jackson, Captain Jack, who will know, will come to know and, and hate very much as Mavs fans. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Bowen on this team. This is old David Robinson. This is his final season. He's 37 years old. Brent Berry, Malik Rose, and Speedy Claxton. That's kind of the rest of their rotation. Uh, but this Spurs team, I mean, that. Like that's a, a killer lineup right there. Even though some of them were inexperienced, you still had Duncan at pr- almost his apex. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I would consider 2003 Duncan to be like the, probably the most dominant Tim Duncan. Um, but yeah, the, the, the 2003 Spurs were, um, you know, they, they won in 99 and then they kind of had to retool a little bit and get ready, try to figure out how they were going to basically beat the Lakers. We've seen they were knocking them out of the playoffs every year, it seemed like. But anyway, um, the 2003 Spurs were, aside from Duncan, there were a few guys that just really I did not like. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a, one, yeah, some of those guys at the end of the bench, very unlikable. Yeah, I mean, one was Bruce Bowen, just because, I mean... Of course. Cliche, you know, you, you like him if he's on your team, but you despise him if he's, if he's not. Um, another guy that used to just drive me nuts was Malik Rose. He had some huge games against the Mavs, um, just in terms of, like, getting rebounds, offensive, like, offensive rebounds, putbacks, pretty solid defender, just... I don't know. You could call him one of those verse Mavs all-stars. Like he used to really drive me nuts. <laughs> him and DJ on scene uh, and Julius Randle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then obviously you mentioned Steven Jackson who uh, was really young at the time, but you know, supreme confidence and had some big games against the Mavs in the playoffs and regular season too. Um, so that was just a, uh, a really, really good team. And going into that series, you know, they had home court. So I was uh, skeptical about the the Mavs chances at that time. Definitely. And you already were kind of thinking that they were going to lose to the Kings anyway. So you're like, man, we're just kind of lucky to, <laughs> we're just kind of lucky to be here at this point. Yeah. I mean, I was like, cool. Like we won two playoff series that hasn't happened in since the eighties. So long time. <laughs> you know, maybe. We'll, yeah. So uh, that's, that's good. So yeah, I, I was probably a little pessimistic at the time, but uh it was exciting, but I was, I just, I thought at that point in time, Tim Duncan was probably the best player in the world, maybe, arguably. Yeah, so close, yeah. That's, that's what, uh, you know, I was definitely a little worried about it. But going into game one, Dirk has 38 points, 15 boards, and 44 minutes, 17 of 17 from the free throw line. <laughs> the Mavericks end up pulling it out with a really clutch Finley, you know, drive at the end there. Just mm-hmm. about 14 seconds left to give the Mavs the lead. Uh, and then I was saw so this is the only game I could find on YouTube. Duncan backs down Dirk with 14 seconds left. He goes for a sky hook and he misses it, and Dirk gets the rebound. Just a, a defensive stop for Dirk, which was just incredible. Uh, and the Mavericks end up going on to win this game. D, I hope you don't have the numbers in front of you. Can you tell me what the final free throw numbers were for the Mavericks in game one? Because this was, they mentioned it on the broadcast. That this is a jump shooting team. They don't usually shoot a lot of free throws, but this game, they shot a ton of free throws. I, I know for a fact what it is. They went 49 for 50. Insane. 49 <laughs> yeah. for 50. They missed one free throw out of 50 in this game. And they and won by I'm three. So they needed every one of them. I think they missed their first free throw. So they made the last 49. <laughs> 49 straight free throws yeah, yeah. for the whole team. Yeah. This is a really good jump shooting team, though. I mean, Rafe LaFrenz mm-hmm. was, was their center. He was really good. You're not asking Sean Bradley to shoot that much. But, like, Walt Williams had a little bit of a jumper. And then Finley, Nash, Van Exel. Like, everybody else could shoot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and it's not like uh, – I want to say the Spurs took, like, 40 – five 48 free throws that game so it wasn't like some huge disparity where the Mavs got a lot of calls and they just made their free throws and the Spurs shot like 30 of 48 or something that like must that have been the longest game in history yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean it, you know and I, that's just 31 what, uh, of 48 for the Spurs yeah so um 
the Mavs just made their free throws and the Spurs didn't. Right. Like that, that's that's the story of the game right there because they, they took about the same amount. So that was a, a crazy game. Um, I remember Finley shot in the lane. I remember Dirk <laughs> blowing by Danny Ferry, which isn't much of an accomplishment, but <laughs> he, had, he had a really nice dunk um, in this towards the end of the game there too. I remember that. So that was really exciting. And uh, it kind of gave me like a jolt of confidence, you know, like, you know, maybe they can do this. You know, they just took game one versus the Spurs in San Antonio. So that was exciting. Yeah, absolutely. You you mentioned 98 free throws in a game. (laughs) Goodness. Uh, Plus everybody's backing each other down. Like Dirk and and Duncan are are backing each other down and taking mm -hmm. their time in the post. Like this game must have taken forever. Uh, So yeah, Dirk had 38 and 15 in that game. Finley had 26 points. Nash had 22. Van Exel had 14 points coming off the bench. Duncan had 40 points, 15 boards, uh, and seven assists in this game. And then Parker had 18 and five, you know, starting for them. Uh, and then going into game two, Spurs kind of took this game. Um, Duncan had 32, 15, five assists, three blocks. He was just, he was just a monster this whole series. Uh, Malik Rose, like you said, he had 25 points, 15 of 18 from the free throw line, all off the bench, which was yeah. uh, one of the Malik Rose <laughs> games that you just yeah, despise. That used to just drive me crazy. Yeah, he used to kill them as. So the Spurs take game two going into game three. The Spurs actually took this one by 13 as well. And this is where Dirk gets hurt. Dirk exits with seven minutes and 45 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks are already down 66 to 80. The Spurs had just gone on a 12-0 run right before Dirk goes out. So just everything was going wrong all at once for them. Yeah, um, that was really, really tough to watch. I remember them going on that run and, and pulling away. And um, I remember viv- vividly, I was watch- we were watching it at a friend's house and it was just a bummer because it was pretty tight leading up to that. So when that happened, uh, it was just like, I wasn't at the game, but I'm sure the place just went like deathly silent. Um, that's how we all felt. And I remember him laying there for a couple minutes at least, um, just not moving much and couldn't really put any weight on his leg, had to be helped off the court. So that was just a, a gut punch. And, you know, that was a, more or less the, the, uh, I mean, it was the turning point of that series. It just, you couldn't, you, all you could do is hope for the best and hope that Dirk, Dirk would be back after, you know, after a couple of days in between however many games or how many days it was till the next game. So it was just, uh, like I said, it was a gut punch. It was, it, it was really tough to, to process at that point. Yeah. Spoiler. He did not come back. <laughs> he did not come back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's one day in between these games. Um, but so Dirk goes down, it's a sprained left knee. Uh, and after the game, Don Nelson said, the news is not good. His knee is very sore. I don't expect him to play in game four, which they already knew right after the game, which is not really a good sign. He says, I'm not sure if he'll play in the series. We should not take a gamble or a chance on Dirk Nowitzki. I told Dirk, he must feel he's totally 100% for me to play him again in this series. So that pretty much ruled him out for the rest of the series, because I don't know how many players, at all feel 100% going into the playoffs after dealing with the whole season. So, uh, but let's say Dirk had been healthy though. The Mavericks somehow figure out how to get close in game three. Maybe they still lose game three because they had just gone on a 12-0. The Spurs mm. had just gone on a 12-0 run, but um, this is a, a huge what if. Game four, the Spurs end up, you know, they end up winning by seven. Finley, Nash, and Van Exel combined for 72 points in, in this game. Uh but Duncan Parker and, and Ginobili combined for 67, which was 
uh, incredible. If they had Dirk in that game, he could have been the difference and that could have been tied two two. Yeah, that's, it really could have. Um, and that's a good point. I, I feel like it's hard to, to really speculate. That's what these, yeah, just to speculate <laughs> that because if, if Dirk was there, you know, the Spurs game plan would have been different. The Matt, you know, the Mavs approach would have been different. And I just, I just think at that particular point in time, the Spurs were a better team. Um, but it, it is fun to think about. I mean, the Mavs, uh, you know, took game one and were in in it for a lot of game three until, and, you know, there was that run right before Dirk went down. But, you know, runs happen all the time. So uh, that's that's tough to say. I, I think – it. it the Mavs maybe could have tied it up at that point. I just, I don't know if I see them be winning the series though. It'd be tough. It'd be really tough, it, but in, it would, but in with game, the way Duncan was playing, I just cannot see it. Yeah. He was absolutely a monster. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about his numbers in a minute, but in yeah. game five, the Mavericks end up winning yeah. this one. They're down 19 in the second quarter. They end up coming all the way back. Finley has 31 points, eight boards, five steals, two blocks. Parker and Ginobili, uh, Parker had seven points. He was a minus 19 in the starting lineup. And then Ginobili only had five points off the bench. Uh, so they were just kind of cut off at the knees at that point, the Spurs were. The Mavericks go on to win 103 to 91, which is, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty convincing win there for the, for the Mavericks in game five. But then the Spurs go on. Uh, game six, what do you remember about <laughs> game six? Because this fourth quarter is just, it's insane. It's almost like that Jazz Bulls game where the the Bulls held them to fifty four points in the finals. That one game. Yeah, um, I remember the start of Game Six. The Mavs came out really hot, really aggressive, and um, carried that momentum throughout the first half. And I they led by sixteen, I believe, in the third quarter. So the you end know, of the they, third quarter, they were up sixty nine to fifty six. So yeah, okay. they're, they're right there, thirteen yeah. points lead yeah. going into the fourth quarter, and they didn't even score thirteen points in the fourth quarter. In the whole yeah. fourth quarter, the Spurs went on a thirty four to nine run the whole fourth quarter. I mean, just an absolute dismantling of this Mavericks team without Dirk. Yeah, they really did. I mean, the Mavs just they ran out of gas. You know, I, I don't know how else to say it. They, they couldn't get anything going. Um, they inexplicably, inexplicably let Steve Kerr just walk into some wide open threes. Not once, but not twice, but four times. Yeah. Like, um, so, and then also in addition to Kerr, Steven Jackson also hit a bunch of threes in the fourth quarter too. So it wasn't just Kerr. Um, so, you know, they, they just couldn't get anything going. Um, I think by that point, like I said, they ran out of gas and I think reality maybe set in a little bit, <laughs> you know, without, without Dirk, um, you know, they fought valiantly in, in game five and, and pulled that out and through a lot of game six. But I, at the end of the day, I think the Spurs were just a little too much um, to deal with at, at that time. And so that was a, a heartbreaking loss because it, it, the season that started off with so much promise and so much excitement. And, um, you know, it was just, uh, and you know, that was the end of the Oh three Mavs. And what I mean by that is they traded Van Exel away. Walt Williams retired. Um, they traded LaFrance away. So it was, you know, uh, they traded away or they lost a lot of their core after that. So they went into the next season with a new identity. So the next that 0-3 team, the way it ended, was was really disappointing. But 
you know, that what can you do? You're playing against the NBA champions without your best player. Yeah. With, like you said, maybe one of the best players in the NBA at the time, Duncan in this series, he played 43 minutes a game, 28 points a game, 16.7 rebounds per game, That's uh, almost, yeah. <laughs> almost six assists per game, almost a steal per game and then three blocks per game. Like he just had some incredible stat lines in this. Um, what was it? Game, game three, he had 34 points, 24 rebounds, six assists and six blocks in their win. I mean, just <laughs> an incredible stat line like that. He was dominating presence. The Mavericks really just didn't have anybody that could handle him. Uh, and there's not many players that could handle him ever, but uh, yeah, this is a this is an interesting what if. Any other thoughts about the O three Mavs? About you know Dirk getting injured, missing the you know basically the final um, three games, and then some of Game three as well. Any other thoughts about this series? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it is a big what if, and because you just Dirk was incredibly durable and very tough throughout his career, and so it just I'm guessing it was a pretty uh, decent injury, you know, like significant injury to where if he wasn't trying to give it a go, it must have been pretty bad. But I know you read things now, and I think Cuban wanted him to play, but Nelly didn't. So um, Nelly held him out in for the long term benefit of Dirk's career. So, but I, I just I think that was the beginning of the end for the, the Cuban and Nelly relationship it was just that disagreement over whether or not Dirk should play at that particular point in time. So mm. that, that's something to think about there. Um, it's almost a whole other, what if we could go down? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you really could do that there. So it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's fun to think about. It's, it's interesting to think about because that, that was such an exciting team and you wonder what could have happened. I just, I, I think the Spurs were the best team at that particular point in time, but I, you know, I, it's pretty cool that the Mavs gave them a run for their money, even without their best player for, you know, half the series. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting, what if this is an interesting Mavs team to go back and look at the highlights and watch. So if you want to go back and check the O three Mavs, uh, Mike, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your show. Sure. So um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Forgotten Mavs there. And then my podcast, which is part of the Mavs podcast network now, um, is called Mavs Archives. It has all my old episodes. And then um, I'm starting to do some some new episodes. Like like Nick said, I recently did one with Jason Terry, which was a lot of fun. I, I love talking to Jet. That was a blast. I uh, recently had one with Greg Buckner. And I got Eddie Nahara coming up and you can find it uh, on anywhere you get your podcast, you know, um, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, yeah. So it, it's been a lot of fun and we've got some good stuff in the works. There you go. Excellent quarantine content. If you want to go back and check those <laughs> out. So Mike, thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Peace out. Boom. Boom.